love this friggin' song. No chance our audience knows it. Well, our audience does, not our young audience in studio. It is Texas Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. We are here in the Rollo Insurance Studio, and uh, Billy will be joining us immediately on the phone after Around Aggieland. That's a cue to Sean and the gang back there in Marina to call him as soon as we're done with Around Aggieland. But we do like to start the uh, hour with Around Aggieland, which is presented by Norman G. State Bank. Norman G. State Bank, rock solid banking. The website is normangstatebank.com. We go to Kay Nagley. Kay, good morning. I don't have my earphones in, so I couldn't hear the great song you were talking about. Supersonic from Oasis. Okay, yeah. Not not a fan, or don't know at least. You, you, That's you, way past my time. You couldn't or, name one Oasis song? Oasis actually sounds really familiar, I'm not going to lie. What's Wonderwall? like their most? Yeah, okay, yeah. Everybody yeah. knows okay. Wonderwall. I was going to say, I was like, there's a reason I know that name. That's Moses was song. bopping uh, Wonderwall. <laughs> Moses? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's just a classic. Everybody like this old school. That's great music. (laughs) Everyone had to take a listen. (laughs) All right. So getting in around Aggie land. So after 42 days of no football at Kyle Field, the Aggies are back to Kyle Field. Texan and will take on Lane Kiffin and his Ole Miss Rebels tomorrow under the lights of Kyle Field. Kickoff is set for 6.30 p.m. So make sure to tune tune in on SEC Network or catch the action at Kyle Field. Uh, next up, Texas A&M soccer team rolled a 4-1 victory over the Florida Gators, delivering head coach G. Guerrero his 500th win. Thursday's triumph at Disney Stadium also sealed an SEC tournament spot for the Aggies. Guerrero became the fifth NCAA Division I women's soccer coach to reach the 500-win plateau. Huge congrats to him. That's an awesome accomplishment. Congratulations. Moving on, Texas A&M Volleyball heads to Columbia, South Carolina for a match today at 6 p.m. Um, the Aggies are coming off a weekend series when they split games with number 16, Kentucky. So another good luck to them. And then baseball due to forecasts of inclement weather uh, scheduled tonight. Texas A&M Baseball rescheduled its home exhibition game against Sam Houston to Sunday at 1 p.m. The exhibition game will be at Olsen Field at Bluebell Park, and it is free to fans and open to the public. Softball as well. We will be having playing an exhibition game. They will take on Texas State and San Marcos tonight at 6.30. And then finally, Texas Santa men's and women's cross-country teams will toe the line against the rest of the Southeastern Conference at the SEC Cross-Country Championships this morning at the Ole Miss Golf Course. Excellent, Kay. And I, I want to read you a text message because... Go right ahead. You know, just so you know, Trey and Shiner says... Awesome tune, Supersonic. See? There are, I will go take a listen as soon as I'm done. A great song, just saying. All right, we're going to call Billy up right about now to get him on the show. i got a couple things to talk to Billy about. Uh, one of those, um, I may have listened to Ask Lucci, and uh, there were some disparaging comments about the way I handle my business in certain uh, establishments that I'm going to have to ask him about uh, without a doubt. Um, Richardson Ag says... David, I doesn't know old school. That's what it says. ZZ Top are old school. Yeah, ZZ Top's old school. Okay, I mean, old school, to me, old, the term old school, of course, everybody who's older than you has an older old school. Everybody. There are kids today that think Drake is old school. So you're all right, Richardson Ag. For you, old school is ZZ Top. For me, ZZ Top's also old school. I get it. Yeah, they are. They are. Billy Joel, old school. Okay, Mozart, old school. 
Mozart is absolutely the oldest school that I have gone to. There's no doubt about that. I kid because I care, Richardson Ag. All right, uh, if you want to text in the show with any uh, old school songs as well, like, you know, Paul Abdul, is that old school? I think it's old school. 979-693-1150. 979-693-1150. We'll get Billy here in a moment um, as he's probably either getting close to the studio or just decided to put do not disturb and not answer our phone calls. That's usually how it rolls when, it, when I try to call him. But I will go beyond that and tell you the excitement level that I have for this game. It's not like it's an all-time high or any stretch. Obviously, this has been a rough season. But what I will say about it all is the fact that if we do, in fact, get Connor to lead this team and show some... Because here's the thing. The offensive line is bad. We know that. There's nothing new there. Sometimes a uh, a quarterback can make an offensive line look better, right? Because at the end of the day, the QB is going to be the one that takes you to the promised land, right? Without a doubt. Um, that is, There's no doubt that if... It may take a while for Connor to get to the Connor level that we all have envisioned. Um, but all that being said, the right quarterback can make a, an average to below average offensive line look much better. We've seen offensive lines do that for quarterbacks too. It's a hand-on-hand thing. And when they're both really good and when the offensive line is really good and the quarterback doesn't make mistakes, you see what, it, what can happen. There's so many ifs in that conversation though that make you say, all right, well, what is going to be different this week? Well, if you look at the statistics over the last few weeks, the offense has kind of been doing this. Again, they got to put points. they got to score touchdowns. And to score touchdowns, when you get in the red zone, you need some of your best blocking. You need to use Devon A. Chain um, because the, sh- the field's going to get shorter. That is, without a doubt, the truth. Right? They have to. But they're in a situation where this guy is... There's a lot of pressure on that young man, but I don't think he sees it as that. He's, just, he's been thinking, he's been waiting his turn, and we'll see how that all plays out. Let's go to the hotline. We are joined by Billy Lucci. Good morning, Billy. Good morning, Formia. i got a question for you, or more, more of a statement. Um, who's the biggest control freak you know? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm probably one to a degree. I know a lot of them. Biggest? There's a girl I'm close with that would certainly, she's a good friend, like 10 plus years. She would certainly be number one. Um, there's different ways. There's like, you know, my mom's a bit of a lunatic control freak. You've got, um, I don't know, man. Uh, Hunter would be way up there. And a lot of coaches I know are control freaks. The reason I ask, and by a the way, lot, are, control freaks, are control freaks typically successful? Typically? Probably so. I would say more so than not, because mm-hmm. kind of with that comes some wild like attention to detail that maybe a lot of people don't have. Huh, that's interesting, because uh, I was made aware of some comments you made recently. I found out about them this morning, that I'm a control freak what? in the gym atmosphere. Oh, for sure. And so now you're saying you're successful. Well, no, you said it. I'm just following up with the questions here. See how I, I set you up you there? I there. Yep, yeah, that, that was fantastic. A total you are a control freak in there because you try to control everyone, not even like the people that you're working out with. 
why is Steve here so early? I mean, I'm walking in, and, you know, take us off. Steve's coming on. Okay. Let's go. Steve. Billy Luch. After this break, why don't you just come on with us? He wants to work and, and do stuff. All right, Billy's going to be walking in the studio after this amazing exchange. Your phone is still on, by the way. I can hear you walking. I'll just hang you up for you. I can do it from right here. Loud Walker. That McCafe, that looks really good. Good coffee at McDonald's. So I, no, I, don't, I, I don't want to make this about... We don't got any fast food. You, want, you don't want to make it what about you? No, I don't oh, yeah. want to make it about Why the would a control freak do that? But... You, you you got control over those buttons on that shirt. Too I many say. buttons. Too many I'm buttons. on too many. You there you to, go. You, you got that. You got that physique, dude. Let it out. There you go. Let the babies breathe. Yeah. Anywho, you uh, probably shave your chest, don't you? No, I've used Nair before. Um, what? <laughs> go ahead. What? I forgot where we are. You said you don't want to make it about the gym butt. No, I don't. But. I feel like you enjoy the control that I have. Oh, we're going down that road. Because huh? you often bring up the fact like, what are we doing next? What are we doing next? I, I like guidance. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. Yeah, you're right. And if you look at a common thread of, uh, you know, like even girls I date, they're ones that can kind of just go, okay, come do this. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Because you know why? Because I'm the boss here. Mm-hmm. It's the only job I've ever had. I mean, outside of like internships, I haven't had, you know, I'm just kind of float. I can, I'm good with direction. You see me in the gym. I float. Up. I'm a floater. Yeah. But you're like, oh, we're going to do this next. We're gonna, and I'll, now that we're, now that you're on the, uh, what I call the psych, you like to use uh, Spanish, right? Yeah. Psychopathica routine. <laughs> okay. I've decided to stake with a normal routine, so I have to come up to you and say, "Hey, what are you doing?" And then, and then you pick and choose. Yeah, it's like going to a buffet. Yeah. Oh, you're you're, you're going to get the carrots. All right, I'm going to get this. Yeah, I'm at the workout buffet. The workout buffet. All right, let's get. How was the week of practice, my friend, for Texas A&M? I mean, is it is it okay for me to say they had a good week of practice? Yeah. Or if they, I, if, I wonder if they lose, are there going to be seventy eight threads, Dalton, going? They said they had a good week. There he goes. It's just like the practice reports. We suck. <laughs> or, or can I say they've had a good week? I haven't said that in a few weeks, have I? No. Because I don't want to come in here and go, man, they've had a miserable week of practice. Or, man, it just really doesn't seem good. Um, that just kills morale. of People just get tired of hearing it. Um, but this was a good week. Not good. I've heard people say they had a great week of practice. And I think the reason why I want to talk about that even though you brought it up, but I do want to talk about it, is I think there's something to it, David. Mm -hmm. I think two, on two levels. Number one, you've been out there, everybody's been out there, and, and we haven't even seen a, a, a fifth of it. You know, Jimbo is a yeller and screamer. And I mean yelling and screaming. You guys see him during the game. It's, it's the same at practice, day in, day out, day in, day out. That's fine. This is football. I have zero problem with that. Some people, oh, no, it's, it's too intense. No, 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 no. As long as you're not just straight up you know, demeaning or belittling, if you're, if you're yelling and screaming about performance or lack thereof, that's, it's football. You look at some of the great coaches in any sport, it's sports. Mm -hmm. Now, what I'm getting at, though, is when the losses start mounting up or when the team's struggling, sometimes it doesn't hurt 
it, no, sometimes it helps tremendously to just kind of let back a little bit in terms of the, you know, the negativity and the intensity of it. And it's kind of exactly what the guys need. You know, man, we just lost again. It's three in a row. Got to go out here, practice. And you get out there, and it, it ain't that bad. And before practice, you can tell the coach is in a good mood. And you can tell that, man, this isn't going to be one of those weeks. And as you get older in the system, you you understand that. You could tell probably in meetings, okay, this, this, this isn't going to be that bad a day. It's going to be, And then you look up, and you've had a really good week. And I think maybe some of the pressure coming off, and that's what happens when you start losing too, right? You kind of, hey, we got nothing to lose out here. I think the team right now is kind of, you know, backed into a corner, number one. And number two, I think they've had like a, for lack of a better word, calmer week of practice. And I think as a result, it's been a better week of practice. Now, going back to the other point of why I think they're going to play well this weekend is they are backed up in a corner. Jimbo does a good job also with getting those guys to kind of say, and a lot of coaches do, when you can really sell the message of nobody believes in us. Big bad tax ags reported suspensions. We're all we're over here pointing the finger at them. They're the bad guy, not our performance. Not, you know, that there was a lack of discipline over there. They're the bad guys. And that's, you know, you rally everybody up. You rally them up. Nobody believes in you. You can, there's a million things you can say, you know, like, and I think they're going to be backed into a corner. I think they're going to, Jimbo's teams and, and particularly this, these A&M teams have shown a lot of pride when they're backed up. They've showed a lot of fight. They've showed a lot of fight this year. 17-0 against South Carolina on the road. Not excusing that happening, but look at the fight they showed to come back, Okay. Arkansas down fourteen nothing looked like it was going to be a hundred to nothing. Came back and won. Uh, you look at uh, what's another, losing to App State, coming back the next week, beating Miami, getting smoked by Mississippi State, almost beating Bama down to the final play in Tuscaloosa. So even this particular team has shown a lot of willingness and, and ability to fight back. Then you look at Jimbo teams, and you look at they went. To Clemson, I think it was at I think it was at Clemson. Maybe it was in Tallahassee, but Florida State without Jameis Winston, all this turmoil, all this you know negativity and craziness. They go in there and win the game with Sean McGuire at quarterback, who had essentially really never played. Um, you look at last year, lose two in a row, going to lose by a hundred at home to Bama. You come back and beat Alabama. There's there's several instances I can say. Where Jimbo Fisher teams fight, and especially when they're back down, they Clemson pulling away in his first year, they come back and win that one, seven overtimes against LSU. So I think you're going to see a fight on Saturday, and I don't think tomorrow, and I don't think that Ole Miss is that good. I think they're a good, solid team. I don't think they're a great team by any means, and they're coming on the road at night. Okay, so the big difference between Ole Miss and Oxford, and Ole Miss away from home. And they're coming here at night, and I think this is going to be a very hungry, pissed off, uh, determined A&M football team. I'm expecting a game like most of the games the Aggies have played this year. And what I mean by that is who's going to make a play down the stretch in the fourth quarter that wins it. I think it's going to be one of those, one of those nights at Kyle. What kind of week has this been for you? Fine. I mean, annoying, but yeah. I mean. Always you know, on your phone. 
Yeah, that's the problem. Can't get off the phone. <clears throat> Cannot get off the phone. Um, and then, David, what people, I think, sometimes forget or don't know about me, especially on social media, you see me. Like, I'll shut it off and go, I'm getting on with my day. I'm getting on, like, you want to try to piss me off? It's fine. I'm getting on with my day. I'm talking to people I want to talk to. I'm going and, you know, taking my dog on a walk. I'm going and working out with you. I'm going Houston or Dallas or somewhere to go grab a bite and hang out with people. So it it doesn't, it's not like, a, oh, this is just so miserable. Because you have to do that to continue to enjoy sure. the job right now. And I enjoy the job. And I enjoy the fight. It, it, if anyone thinks, anyone, anyone thinks that I don't like the fight, I love the fight. So if anyone comes at this that we've built here, and to me, that that's your job. That's Dalton's job. That's Olin, Zane. It's Jamie. It's Kennedy. It's a, anybody wants to come at this because I know how we do things here, and I know we do it right. And I'm talking about social media. I'm talking about anywhere. I will fire back ten times harder, and you will not stop us. So anyone that wants to do that, I embrace the challenge. I dare you to keep coming at us, and that's. I'm mainly talking about social media here. Mm -hmm. People are, you know, like to run their mouths. Little things like yesterday, or was it yesterday or the day before, someone posted something about, you know, me and Jimbo after practice, which is funny. Like, we don't even go to practice. And then right. when you read it and it's guys like Aggie jokes or something. Right. Man, I got like, I can't even tell you how many phone calls, text messages. Right. I got it too. The yeah. people that, thought it was real or hilarious some of some of the people if i told y'all you you'd actually laugh i mean former coaches at a&m former coaches under jimbo hunter you know ex-girlfriends like former players that i'm good friends with right and left I, because nobody reads the whole thing anymore and it's just kind of it's just like what you're saying oh, oh. and it's funny and it, i like the tweet and yeah, like funny. replied and i thought it was funny but then i go back and i see that this person has pretty much made their life's work on social media to come after me, right. um, which is great because it's like I'm that much in your head. You're you're an absolute loser. Like you, the, people like that have to go to sleep at night, and I I couldn't imagine looking in the mirror and go, "Man, I'm a soft ass." You know what? I'm I am a bleepity bleep made bleepity bleep, and I know it. I have to look in the mirror. And know that about myself. But I don't care because I'll get on Twitter tomorrow and go after people. And nobody knows who I am. I couldn't imagine sleeping at night knowing that about myself. That ain't where I'm from. That's not how I was raised. That's, I don't think that's how a man acts. I don't think that's how people act. Um, but that, you know, that stuff costs you time. And that the, the old bat that keeps tweeting at me, I don't understand that deal. You got some crazy person tweeting at me that, um, they try to make a name of themselves, and I'm trying to stay out of the getting in the actual sewage and muck with a couple of these people. But there'll come a time and place where we have to do it. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate. It's the world that we're in, my friend. All right, we'll hit a break when we. And if I ever find out that any of it is uh, being egged on by anyone, it'll be DefCon One. We'll have a real problem. I embrace that, my friend. Right, I do let, too. I don't give a damn. Uh, it, I, I need the intensity. I'm fueled sometimes by the. I'm just like 
you know, just like Jimbo's probably doing for his team this week, you're fueled by the doubt, by the hate. You're fueled by the people coming at you. So am I. Maybe I should have been a coach. I don't know. That's what we get. But according to some, you know, according to some people across the street, uh, we criticized a play in the App State game, and that's what really set uh, set certain people off. Is we criticized a play, Gosh. called it a called it a bad call. I I I don't know football because I, David, I don't know football because I thought you probably should have been able to dial up any play in your arsenal to gain a yard against Appalachian State on the ground. That that I don't know what I'm talking about, clearly. God forbid you do your job and have an opinion and report on said opinion and said things. It's just, just man, I'm going to tell you what. It's amazing. I've seen a lot. I've done a lot. It's incredible sometimes. Yeah. All right, we got to hit the break. We'll come back. Hopefully there's an incredible game Saturday. I'm 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 expecting good things for this game. All right, let's uh let's talk a little I am too. Fargo's Fargo's is good, guys. 1701 South Texas Avenue in Bryan. Tuesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., which means obviously today's Friday. Jump on their specials because uh their whole staff there, Alan Belender, Maurice, are going to take wonderful care of you. They sell out on their specials early. And you know why? It's because it's one of the top 50 barbecue joints in the world, according to Texas Monthly. That's why they sell out. So today's Friday. You know what you can get on Friday? You can get fish. You can get corn. You can get coleslaw. You can get hush puppies. Saturday, they got the beef ribs. You get that on Saturday and Wednesdays. They also have pork rib tips, too. If you haven't had the rib tips, you are really missing out all week long, well, except Sunday and Monday because they, they, they do rest those days. But everything else is open season there on great food, and you'll jump all over it and, and enjoy it. They've, got, uh, they've been in town for 22 years. They do football weekends, office parties, wedding anniversaries, funeral dinners, gatherings, celebrations, family traditions. It's what you want from good food, and they do it right here in uh, Bryan College Station. Fargo's location is on 1701 South Texas Avenue in Bryan. Without a doubt, the best barbecue in town. Rihanna. You're a Rihanna fan, Billy? Is your mic on? I don't know if it's on. Is this mic on? Go ahead. Is that one on? Yeah, they turned on the wrong one. Okay, turn on the right mic and let me know when you do. Am I a fan? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I like Riri. I think she's in the Black I mean, Panther I think, movie. I, I don't. I don't. First of all, I think you're right. I, you're back on the right one. This one. Yeah. Okay. First of all, she. I think Rihanna's very attractive. Yep. She's hot. Um, second. I don't ever feel like I just love one of her songs, and then I look back and I, I, I like like twenty of them. So yeah, she's I'll got say, a great I'll catalog like, of music. Let's say I like Rihanna. She's good. She's good to come on, you know, in a bar or club too. Good music. We are Texas Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance. My favorite studio. one might be the one with her and Eminem. Which one is that one? Just gonna stand here. Oh, great song! Oh yeah, fantastic. Thank you for because I love the way you lie. Good song. I, I love the way you lie. Hey, uh, quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Well, um, give us a little more clarity. Clarity. Um, I think I think you'll see Wigman get the nod on Saturday. It's just, that's the way the week and I've, that's the way the week's been going. So barring a, a kind of miraculous uh, shoulder heel for Haynes King. Um, I think I think Wigman gets to go, and I think we're to a point in the week too where you probably need Wigman to go anyway. Yeah. I mean, how much practice can you miss? So Haynes, 
I know the first couple days of the week, I don't even know if he threw. And then uh, yesterday, I guess, would have been the last day of practice that he could have done anything. So, yeah, I fully expect we see 15 get the start for the first time, uh, first career start. And I hope it's like Shea Patterson did to the Aggies at Kyle Field. I think it was 2016. Yeah, that would be 2016 where uh, he came in, freshman, similar style of player to Connor Wigman, uh, especially at that age. They kind of beat the scrambling ability out of him for whatever reason at Michigan. and But, uh, no, Shea Patterson came in. He beat Jake Hubenak. It was two backups playing there that day, and A&M went up early. And uh, Patterson, I think, finally, kind of, finally kind of realized that he had some pretty badass receivers at Ole Miss at the time under Hugh Freeze and just started winging it and running, and then that opened things up. So I hopefully uh, Wigman can return the favor. That'd be incredible. I am excited to see if the A&M offense can, can go to an, another gear this week. And by that, I mean play a little faster. And if, if Connor's in there, maybe he pushes the issue as he gets comfortable he got pretty much a full quarter in on the road mm-hmm. this past week, so I think that's invaluable. Now, now you're coming home. This is an interesting scenario now because you've got a home game against the Ole Miss team that's not. They start out. People were saying they were really good on defense. They're not. Um, they give up a lot of rushing yards. Which if A and M can get that going, it could really you know, open things up for him and help Wigman out if you get A-chain going against this against this defense. But you've got that game. Then you've got Florida next week. They're not a great team by any by any metric. Um, and then you go on the road again, and that's at Auburn, who's one of the lower teams in the conference right now, without question. And then, you know, then you get UMass, and then a, a really tough LSU team comes in that just seems to be getting better and better. If Wigman can play well enough uh, to justify, you know, keeping that spot, he gets several weeks, several SEC starts, an SEC road start, a big home showdown against a semi-rival in LSU, um, and then hopefully a bowl game. So I think this is an important game, not only for right now, because, man, if you're Jimbo Fisher in year five, you cannot lose four straight games. You can. I mean, they're right on the cusp of it. But, man, you just can't do that. Yeah. And you can break that streak. You can you, you can win a game and then have the, all the positivity that comes with Florida coming in, who's another big-name team that like Miami that's not that good. You know, so it sets up. And then you can really, you know, set yourself up moving forward with your, with your young quarterback if it all works out. Yeah. It's got to, you know, it's got he, – he's going to have to play well. The offensive line is going to have to play – infinitely better and uh, you're gonna have to run the football and by the way the defense is gonna have to get off the field that's another thing if you if if, if it ends up being Wigman and, and Haynes you know is unable to throw or go I want to talk about that in a second too but if it is how how tough is it when you're going out there for three plays or five six plays and then the defense is out there for 12 against that Ole Miss running game you know DJ Durkin's defense which has been solid, not spectacular. It's been good, not yeah. great. It's certainly been good. Um, and at times, very good. 
but they haven't really done a good job at all of stopping the run, and you're playing a team that will really line up and run it on you, and they'll spread you out and run it, which I think is most problematic for the Aggies, and it's been an issue for this particular defense. Uh, see Arkansas for proof of that. Um, but if they can just keep giving the offense chances, if if Haynes can't go or start, my question is, can he suit up and be a backup? Is he available to be an emergency backup? Then, because after that, you've got to walk on in Blake Bose and you've got Eli Stowers, who had his own shoulder issues earlier in his career. He's back. He's been practicing a lot at quarterback. You know, he's been getting a lot of significant reps this week at QB. Yeah. So that would kind of be your depth if Haynes can't kind of serve as an emergency guy. All right, let's do this. Let's hit a break. We'll come back with Caroline Fenton. Uh, do want to remind you guys that our good friends at Costa Vida, Holly and the crew, are going to be at our t- tailgate this weekend. Um, if you haven't had that, you need to go check it out here because our tailgate is really good. And they're going to have food also at the uh, trailer at the corner of Joe Route and Houston Street there in the fan zone at Kyle Field for the game this weekend. So make sure that you go check it out at one of the many locations or just go to South College Station and go have it. You can have breakfast there. they got good coffee, great breakfast tacos, you name it. You can have lunch there. You can have dinner there. The food is phenomenal. Uh, you should certainly go check it out, especially their taco happy hour, Monday through Friday, 2 to, two to 5 o'clock out there. They're Aggie-owned and operated, and uh, Holly has done such a wonderful job with uh, building this uh, great place to go eat. And if you want fresh mechs, that's the place you need to go out there. You've got the sweet pork quesadillas, the raspberry, raspberry chipotle chickens. I know I said raspberry. I know. It was bad. Chips and queso, shrimp tacos with mango salsa, key lime pie there, tres leches, flan, cinnamon tortilla, Costa cookies, all that can be had there at Costa Vida in South College Station. 4501 Mills Park Circle in College Station is Costa Vida. And we're back. Texas Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. As I like to make things Spanish from time to time, Carolina Fenton with us here on Texas Radio. spicy. Did you like, like that? <laughs> Caroline, I thought those were like medals behind you, and then I realized they were credentials. <laughs> yes, these are my credentials. I, uh, I have done no athletic achievement to uh, deserve a medal. These are, these are just, you know, those who can't play cover you didn't so. ever win like you know in fifth grade back uh, she's caroline you're probably too young nuno you'll remember this you do the the physical fitness award you you in like recess have to have a competition yeah. and if you did a certain amount you got like lit- a literal blue ribbon or yeah. some kind of certificate did you at least do I'm that sure I, I got one of those back in the day but i would be a little embarrassed with myself if i was displaying my fifth grade pe achievements that'd be in amazing my adult department but I mean, hey, achievements are achievements. That'd be amazing. What's your favorite credential? What, what if, if you had to frame one with a picture of you, like, on the field or in the press box or at the stadium that you say that was the best day or night? This one. This is my national championship credential. Yeah, oh, that's nice. From the year that LSU won. Oh, yeah, that's so the probably, one. Definitely this one. Yep, no question. There's some fun ones up here. Fiesta Bowl from 2019. Um, when LSU played Miami in mm. Dallas. Those are a couple fun ones. Yep. Well, yeah. enough of the New Year's Six Bowls. I've I've been doing this for how long? I've covered two of them. So en- enough out of you. Let's let's talk college football. <laughs> Caroline, <laughs> LSU a- person. So A and M's in the middle of this storm, right? And LSU was yeah. in a. Sh- it feels like a short one, unfortunately. Um, but h- how do they get out of this storm in the middle of a season with everybody? It feels like against us. Just in your time covering sports and whatnot, mm-hmm. how have you seen teams kind of find their way out? I think for anything, winning can heal everything. You know, there's a lot of 
off the field drama surrounding Texas A&M. And I think that it just adds fuel to the fire to the fact that Texas A&M hasn't been winning games the past few weeks. I think if you start winning games, the conversation starts to shift and it starts to shift from, you know, is Jimbo Fisher the answer? Is Jimbo Fisher on the hot seat? And it also starts to, stop, starts to shift away from beyond the, the, or the off the field issues to more so, okay, can Texas A&M turn their season around? So with anything, you know, a coaching controversy, a quarterback controversy, an off the field issue, you know, a, a conduct behavior issue with a player, you win. And people forget a lot about a lot of things. I mean, LSU won their last two games, and we forgot about how disgusting and awful that Florida State game was. So winning heals everything. I'm curious how did how did LSU turn it around? Now, I, I, again, they haven't had a bad record at any point this year. They lost to Florida State. We knew that one was was ugly, um, even though the score came it came down to a final play but that one felt like oh gosh this could be a longer season and then Tennessee yeah. came in there and throttled them uh but man that LSU team's good right now it's getting better and Jaden Daniels looks pretty terrific mm-hmm. here recently what's been the the key to the turnaround in Baton Rouge and, and what Brian Kelly's been able to do so far I think it's really just Jaden Daniels. I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head. And the defense is starting to get better, and they're playing their best players. You know, Harold Perkins was a player that came in against Ole Miss after Ole Miss went up 17-3. He went in the game, replaced B. Joe Jolari, and completely turned that game around. I mean, after Harold Perkins hit the field, Ole Miss scored three points, yeah. and they held him to that throughout the entire game. He didn't play against Tennessee because they didn't trust him playing that outside linebacker spot, thought that he would really play best inside. And when you're playing, you know, a spread offense like Tennessee, they didn't see a place for him. So I think Harold Perkins is one. And just the way that the defense has evolved and the way that Matt House, defensive coordinator, has been able to be so creative with the personnel, I think, is one. But really, the biggest story is is Jaden Daniels. He's making riskier throws. He looks so much more confident and he looks like that chemistry is just clicking with all of his receivers. And I know we talked about this after the Florida game, but I couched all of that, the way that he looked and how well that team played against Florida with the fact that Florida just has a really bad defense. Yeah. You know, it ranks at the bottom of college football in so many defensive categories, but doing it against Ole Miss one against a better team and doing it two weeks in a row. I think you're starting to see it become a habit rather than a, you know, an outlier for the season. You mentioned Harold Perkins coming into the game, but what what do you think is the blueprint to stop Ole Miss and the way they run the ball so effectively? Is it really the linebackers popping in? Is What did you see that got them to stop uh, running the ball effectively? It, I was really just trying to force the ball into Jackson Dart's hands. That's the key to beating Ole Miss because I don't think that he can win a game with the ball in his hands. And that's that comes down to stopping the run because that's what Ole Miss mm-hmm. wants to do. They won the to run the ball down your throat with, with Quinshawn Judkins and Zach Evans, who I think are two of the best running backs, you know, one of the best running back duos in the country. That's what they want to do. They want to run the ball because they've got good running backs because Jackson Dart, I just don't think is the guy. Um, the key there is be really, really aggressive up front and give a bunch of different decoy looks. That's what Matt House, I think, did was, you know, being very creative with the way that he used some of those those versatile defensive players you know using them kind of as a spy in the backfield and then kind of shifting them up front to be able to 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 stop those gaps that was really the key uh was using those linebackers there and using them creatively we got bama off this week um is there a Mm -hmm. 
is the cocktail party, right? I mean, this is usually the biggest game in the SEC of, of any weekend, and it will be talked about the most because mm-hmm. it's Georgia right now and it's Georgia-Florida. But is there a game – is that the most – intriguing game in the SEC for you this weekend or is there another one out there it's really sad because when the cocktail party isn't interesting I feel like the SEC just isn't as interesting like this is like the least interesting Florida Georgia game in in a long time which I think is sad but I think the more interesting game this week is Tennessee Kentucky yeah and there are a lot of Tennessee fans that are really nervous about an upset here. Uh, Kentucky coming into Neyland Stadium and kind of knocking Tennessee off of this perfect season that they've had so far. I personally don't think that's going to happen. I think the spread's like 11 and a half, rightfully so. I think Tennessee's going to roll. I think they're just that much better of a team in Kentucky. But a lot of people are saying, okay, do you have an Alabama hangover? Are you going to be looking ahead to Georgia? Is you know this Tennessee defense going to be able to stop this duo of Will Levis and Chris Rodriguez is Kentucky's offense finally going to click having a healthy Will Levis and having Chris Rodriguez out there for the past couple of weeks I don't see an upset brewing but I think that's a way more interesting game than Florida Georgia because I just think that Florida is in a spot where they have a lot of fatal flaws and Georgia's just that good I I think you nailed it and I think if I'm going in order I'm actually going I'm actually going Tennessee, Kentucky, one. Say, yeah. I'm going A&M, Ole Miss, two. Ahead of the yeah. cock. Everyone, Georgia's going to throttle Florida. Um, if if you look at A&M, Ole Miss, there's not only storylines galore, but Ole Miss is still trying to say, hey, last week was an outlier. They, they've lost one game. This is a team that's mm-hmm. trying to stay in the West race. You you have the the... You know what everyone's viewing as a train wreck going on under Jimbo in College Station. They have a chance to prove to everyone that that's not true. Uh, that the, you know the the tales of their demise are premature here in in Aggie Land. And on top of that, you've got Jimbo Fisher and and Lane Kiffin and Kiffin's comments during the off season, Jimbo's response, and now Kiffin's comments again today. I'm. I'm really interested to see where it goes. Caroline, did I hear you make a pick? Did you pick you pick Tennessee to cover Kentucky? I did. I picked Tennessee to cover. Okay. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if Kentucky keeps it closer than the, the spread is what? To 11 and a half, something along those lines. Uh, but I'm picking Tennessee to cover. I also took Ole Miss to cover against Texas A&M just mm. because I think that Ole Miss losing to LSU, they're going to be angry. Yeah. And I think that Texas A&M, with all of the conversation throughout the week being negative press, I think that that kind of can weigh on a locker room a little bit. But like I said, you stop a lot of that negative press when you beat an Ole Miss team that's looked really good all season long. But yeah, I'm taking Tennessee to cover against Kentucky also. I think, I think that Tennessee is going to lose a game this season, but I think that comes next week against Georgia uh, yeah. and not against a Kentucky team that can't protect the quarterback and it's had a lot of fatal flaws this season. Yeah, I agree with you. I was just I was just locking that one in because if y'all haven't noticed, I'm creeping up on everybody on the picks. I'm one behind Caroline and I'm coming up. You're at number one. Yeah, you you're killed two. it last week. Thank you. Finally, week eight. And, and Nuno, you're at the top, but like two picks ahead of the bottom. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We it's, all suck. We're all tight. It's anybody's game right now. I've had two good weeks, and that's why I'm on top. But I've, most of the other weeks have been pretty poor. So yeah. you can get back into it. Got no doubt. Hey, we got to hit a break. Next week is going to be crazy uh, with all the big games. Obviously, Alabama, LSU. I want to talk to you about that. So we'll we'll talk yeah. to you here in about seven days. Awesome. See y'all next week. See ya. Right, Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Caroline. Carolina Fenton. Thanks.
here on Texags Radio. All right, a moment for Caldwell Country Chevrolet, Highway 21 in Caldwell. Online at CaldwellCountryChevrolet.com. The good people over there. It starts with Zach Hester and everything that he does, uh, not only at Caldwell Country, but for this great community here in the Brazos Valley. He's been just doing so much great things from, from the uh, Calvary Soccer League that he helps out with Aggie Athletics, who he's a proud supporter of. He does great work for this community, and obviously that is the place to go to when you're in the market to find a new vehicle for you and your family, right? Uh, we did it this past summer. It was a very easy, painless process. And he helped us out every step of the way out there. And they have complimentary pickup for delivery and uh, service customers out there. So go check out Caldwell Country Chevrolet. They don't just uh, sell cars. They buy them as well. They give top dollars for all the cars that they have in trucks. Zach Hester and his folks there want to take care of the customer during every aspect of the car buying experience. So make sure you go visit them when you uh, are looking for a brand new vehicle. Short conversation, wait about 15 minutes, Brian Caldwell, but you'll see the difference when you step on the lot and you do business with Zach and the fellas there at Caldwell Country Chevrolet. Highway 21 and Caldwell, online, CaldwellCountryChevrolet.com. Good song. little Drake for you, Texas Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Billy is with us here before we start the uh not the McKinney Hour, the uh, final countdown with the McKinney brothers here on the program. The theme that I have heard over and over today, and really for a couple of weeks, but today it, it's resonating a little bit more, just go win. You win a couple games, you win one game, it kind of calms everybody. If, if Connor goes out there and has a very nice performance, I'm not asking for Johnny, I'm asking for a nice performance where yeah. 198 yards, a couple touchdowns, they score 30 points Oddly somehow. specific. <laughs> 198 is pretty about 298 I mean about 227 I'd be very happy with that three touchdowns I have a feeling that 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 this again I, I just think it's going to be a hell of a football game I think it's going to be like you know 27 24 30 to 27 yeah I, I do think I think the A&M offense is it's improving, but not at nearly the rate it needs to. It's still, if you were rating offenses in this conference, it's still near the very bottom. Uh, but you, if they catch a lesser defense at home that they're able to run the ball against, that it kind of seems like it could be the formula. If, if they can block for Wigman, because he can't just run for his life. You're exactly right. When we come back, it's the final countdown. It's Tex-Ags Radio.